2: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, don't worry. We got you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shedd. I am a contributor at the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage to bring me the news. And on your right is my co-host, Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age. Today, we got a preseason game in the books. The Minnesota Vikings lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. Almost called them Los Angeles, but Las Vegas Raiders. That's really dating myself, by the way. I, I get the Oakland Raiders mistake, but if you remember the Los Angeles Raiders, which let's not lie the raiders should have moved there instead of the chargers but 26 to 20 they lose to the raiders everyone should be fired trade all the players accumulate draft picks let's turn this into a madden franchise are you on board adam
3: <laughs> it's uh it's overreaction monday let's uh, do it yeah yeah let's let's get rid of everybody already own one you know i thought we got rid of zimmer to to get get this defense Better and they look worse, so you know, let's bring them back. I,
2: all I'm saying is, I don't understand why they put Kevin O'Connell on the plane. Like they should have been like, yeah. "Hey, <laughs> man, we made a mistake. We got Jim Harbaugh on line one, okay?" Yeah. Like,
3: yeah. is it over his head? Or,
2: or Patrick Graham? Is
3: that what his name was? Moonlight? He was on, yeah, he, he was on the other sideline, right?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, I
3: didn't even I didn't
2: even think of that.
3: He's a defensive coordinator.
2: It was a revenge game. Maybe that was it. He's just like, Yeah, I'll show them. I I got this nine hours of work for nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I got this in the bag. Um, you know, what do you how do you feel with preseason games in general? Like, do you overreact to them? Like, do you get excited when you watch them? Or are you just kind of you know, laser focused, kind of like I was? Cause I don't think I got too high or low watching Sundays.
3: No, yeah. I I get excited just because it's football and it's mm-hmm. NFL. Kind of, uh, obviously, it's not with the the starters, so it's not as exciting. But it's still cool, and you hear all this stuff about things going on in camp, and you get to see, you know, how these guys actually look in game situations. A lot of people, a lot of Vikings fans, it's the first time they've seen a bunch of these players um, since camp started. A lot of a lot of people don't get to see what happens in camp or read about what happens in camp, so this is the first time they get to see those players. Um, and it's just exciting to see like some of the younger players, like the rookies that we haven't seen before, uh, some of the second year guys that maybe didn't get a chance to play as much last year and see those guys. So I think as time has gone along, I, I don't really view like these, these preseason games as, as like, like I'm rooting for the Vikings. Obviously I want them to win, but that's not the main objective for myself, uh, when covering these or yourself when covering these or even the Vikings when and playing in them, they're trying their objective is to, you know, get in, get certain guys a certain amount of reps, get them off the field and uh, hopefully no one gets injured. And the Vikings were pretty successful in and uh, those those uh, objectives.
2: You know, as kickoff was approaching, I'm just like, do I really want to be here for this game? I mean it's it's preseason, right? Do I do I wanna go to the fridge here? And I'm like, ah, I don't I don't really know. You know, a couple minutes into kickoff, it was like the Edwin Diaz entrance for the Mets, you know, the the mickle and just comes out of the fridge just ready to go. Like, drink me, drink me. And then it turns into, well, I, I'm not even gonna mention that movie I'm thinking of right now. But <laughs> Like I remember as a kid, like preseason games and just being jacked for them. Like, like you said, it was the first time you saw these guys. And I mean, Mm -hmm. even as like a high schooler where I could drive to training camp, I could watch it. Uh, Mankato was just an hour and a half away from Rochester. Like this was the big premiere, even though nothing happened. Like, like it's not a premiere. It's just a whole bunch of backups playing football and trying to earn a roster spot. But I I mean, as a kid, I remember the '98 Vikings going four and zero and being like, "This team's pretty good." And like, <laughs> nobody played, nobody played. And, and then you also have like other teams. Oh, Randy like, Moss played the, though. Uh,
3: what's that? Uh, Randy Moss played though. I think he had like two or three touchdowns in the, that preseason.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember what Moss did. I remember they shut out the Patriots. Like, it, it, it was, it was like at least thirty to nothing. Like they <laughs> killed them. And I'm just like, wow, we we might have something here. And then you go fifteen and one. Of course, you have the other effect where, like, the Lions went four and all that preseason, and they wound up zero and sixteen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's just it's a rite of passage in the summer. Like, yeah. you start you start warming up, you make the chicken wings, you drink a couple of beers, you watch the game, and you have a good time. So I it's don't know. preseason for I everybody for what
3: it was. You got to get back in your routine. You know all of us who cover the games we got to get back in our like okay i remember like this is what i do at this point in the game and you know do i want to try something different this year and all that kind of stuff and yeah you want to like with me my kids are getting older so i feel like i have more and more time to be to myself with the games because sometimes when they're younger i have to like step away and help with like screaming kids and now they're getting pretty older where they're pretty good and i can watch the majority of the game when it's live because in the past i'd have to like go back and catch up but now it's pretty good so i'm looking forward to uh this season of you know hopefully watching every game live
2: <laughs> it, it's like each year you're just like do you guys like football yet no ah, okay
3: yeah my uh-huh. youngest does he loves his favorite shirt is is a viking shirt It's purple purple viking shirt I has to wear it every day um I'm like no man you only have one so we gotta wash it uh, and he gets super bumped, But yeah, I think he's going to be into football. And then when he is, the other one, will get jealous and then he'll be into it too.
2: Well, let's talk about the actual game, even though, you know, we're kind of dancing around the subject here because it's
3: preseason. But yeah.
2: the big headlines coming into the game were all about the backup quarterback position. That included Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. Mann. Sean Mannion started the game. He started with the starting offensive line. But he didn't have Adam Thielen. He didn't have Dalvin Cook. He didn't have Justin Jefferson. 11 starters in total sat out for the Vikings on Sunday. But the Vikings went three and out on the first drive. Jesse Davis gave up a sack, looking like the big show fighting Shane McMahon. <laughs> Which way did he go? Which way to? Oh, so, sorry, Sean. I, I didn't see him <laughs> there. Uh, Mannion then drove the Vikings all the way down to the one yard line. Kane Wangwu got stuffed on a second and goal. And then Sean Mannion threw a pass that Amir Smith-Marset needed step stepladder to catch. Uh, so they had to settle for a field goal. Overall, Sean Mannion finishes 8 for 12, 66 yards and a touchdown. Did Sean Mannion do anything to make you feel better if he has to start a game?
3: No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, absolutely not. I don't feel any more confident uh this year than I did last year with Sean Mannion being under center now we, we forget that Mannion he did start last year I don't know if we forget it we try to forget because it it was just so terrible he started against the Packers last year and he was on the field like Justin Jefferson was on the field KJ Osborne was on the field Dalvin Cook was on the field uh you know Conklin was still out there A Bunch of the first team offensive line guys. So he was able to work with the first team offense in that Green Bay game. And they did nothing um, because Sean Mannion is just incapable of he doesn't take chances. He takes, you know, who's ever wide open pretty much. Um, He is a dink and dunker, unlike Kirk Cousins, who gets accused of being a dink and dunk kind of quarterback. Sean Mannion is Uh, I believe he averaged like under five yards an attempt yesterday Uh, When he was on the field, the Vikings averaged under five yards per play. Uh, Just like I don't understand the appeal of Sean Mannion of keeping him around because. If he has to play and I I know a lot of people say this about backups, if if your backup has to play uh, anyways, then you're doomed. But if you have to play Sean Mannion, you have very close to zero chance of winning that game. It doesn't matter who your defense is, who you, who's on your offense. If Sean Manning is on the field, you 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 might as well just like look ahead to next week or just mark it up as a loss because he's never won a game as a starter in his career and he's never shown that he has the capability or uh, I, I don't know. It's just he's not good. I understand he's, he's good in the meeting rooms or whatever, but and maybe good in the practice field. But there's a reason why Alan Iverson freaked out about practice because it's practice, not a game. Not a game. It's practice because it doesn't matter. What matters is what you do in the games and what we've seen from Sean Mannion in games in the preseason and the regular season. He's not good. So don't keep him around. Do you think
2: he just like brings the snacks or something in the meeting room and that's why they keep him around? Like, I don't know. His wife's just a really good cook or something.
3: Is he a computer whiz and he fix everyone's computer or something or like. He brings a I, I keg don't know. of Coors Light. Just like... And it's not like Kirk Cousins, he might be his buddy or whatever, but like, I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins doesn't really hang out with a lot of his teammates in the offseason. No. So it's not like he's best friends with Sean Mannion and, it, and you got to keep him around. I know he knows the offense, but. It doesn't matter if he knows the offense, like the back of his hand or if like his life depends on it. If you can't run the offense, it doesn't matter. So yeah.
2: I got to ask you about this because I saw it before we came on. Did you see the report about Jimmy Garoppolo after he signed his contract? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Like apparently he was hard worker, always around the court or always at the facility, signs his contract, oh, disappears easy. for a month, does yeah. not answer coaches' texts. Calls whatever the Niners draft Trey Lance, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, hey guys, like, what what do you want to do this offseason, huh?" huh? So I,
3: I saw somebody, I think somebody tweeted like Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, the ultimate uh, work life balance quarterback. So you know, as soon as the season's over, he's <laughs> just he goes, uh you know, um, uh, what 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 what's that called? Uh, where you go missing? Uh, sabbatical? I no, I can't think of it right now. Um, but yeah, he just like goes off the grid or whatever for for the offseason and then he comes back and he's like hey how's everyone doing kirk could probably give him a run for his money though
2: although i think kirk probably answers texts and calls but he golfs
3: he, they did that golfing video or whatever this That's year
2: right and he had that, all the dad
3: he, jokes he did so many um,
2: uh yeah, yeah
3: yeah but yeah you
2: mentioned the problem with sean manning is that when you start him you have a zero chance to win and yep. while I mean, most teams, you're right, are they're going to be screwed when they go to their backup quarterback, except for the teams who like fork out nine, ten million dollars because they have the cap room and they have a rookie quarterback in front of them and they can just trot out Andy Dalton or whatever. They need to find a quarterback that gives them a non-zero chance to win. And I don't I'm starting to think this. He's not on that roster, even if it's five uh, percent. Right. That's fine. Well, and, and people want to talk, well, backup quarterbacks don't matter what. And oh, oh, OK, so Case Keenum. 2017, right? How about the guy that beat Case Keenum, Nick Foles? And yeah, those are outliers, but give yourself a chance. Like, give your chance. I mean, shoot, if you go two and two over a four-game stretch where Kirk Cousins is out, like, that's a win. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, you start Sean Manning in four games, he's going to lose all four. And And, and it was just, it was choppy. It was indecisive. It was a lot of things that you don't really expect from a uh, veteran quarterback who's 30 years old, I believe. So, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, maybe you give him a clipboard and a hat and be like, hey, man, like I would like Kevin O'Connell just puts his arm around him, goes, hey, man, I was with you at the I knew the offense. I knew I could do it. I just didn't have the talent, man. It's like, come under my wing. I'll teach you what I know. And maybe you, too, can be a head coach someday because the way they talk about him, it sure sounds like. He could be a head coach someday, mm-hmm. or like an offensive you know, coordinator, will. or something. But I, I mean, it's it's just not practical to have a quarterback like that on your roster, even if he practices well or brings the snacks to team meetings or is Kirk Cousins his friend or likes Coors Light. I, I just whatever. <laughs> hey, Coors Light, sponsor us, by the way. But <laughs> I'm I, um, I'm, not, I'm not picky with that stuff. It's the Marshawn no. bunch
3: of beers. Okay, you know why okay. I'm here. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I'm starting to become impressed that he's lasted this long in the NFL for <laughs> as long as he has, for as terribly as he's been. Because he's Marcus Sherrill's, he's the new Marcus no, Sherrill's, isn't he? Sh- no, Sherrill's is
2: he, he at least returned punch. Good though. yeah, he was. Uh, but he's every, the best. every year, they're just like, This is the year
3: Sherrill's gets sure, cut, sure. this is
2: the year, this is the year, and Cheryl, then all of a sudden, like, he just I, I think was CJ on the Hems-
3: I think CJ Ham's probably the new Marcus Sherrell's that's he's he's. I think he's under the radar on the bubble this year because they don't need a fullback. They don't have any use for one and they're like, "Oh, we got all this stuff for him." And I'm like, "I don't believe you." Uh but yeah, like Sean Sean Mannion, good. at this point it's good for him for for like backup quarterback in the NFL. Like that's the gig. Look at Chase Daniel. He's made over 40 million dollars and I think he started like Four games in his whole career, and he's been in the league for like 10 years. So, That's life like, well, at this point, can
2: win a game too. He, yeah, against the Vikings like Geeks fans are very familiar, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> but, um, let's talk about the other quarterback though, and that was Kellen Mond. We saw a lot of the things we saw last preseason in the first half. He was mm-hmm. indecisive at times, he panicked. Uh, JT O'Sullivan has a very good video out on Twitter right now about a. Huge throwing lane that Kellen Mond missed. I'm not sure if that was the first or second half, but uh, basically it was a corner on a post route, big throwing lane, didn't take it. He tried to throw it along the sidelines to Dan, the ultimate weapon, Chisna. Um, He (laughs) drove the Vikings down to the two yard line, though, on his first drive Overthrew BC Johnson, who had a nice slug out route. Then he scrambled, missed a wide open Tristan Jackson in the back of the end zone. Vikings had to settle for another field goal in the second half. He just looked way better, way more comfortable yeah. through a touchdown to Albert Wilson in the third quarter, his second drive. He went five for five, 71 yards before finding Albert Wilson for his second touchdown of the game, two touchdowns on the afternoon. So, I mean, you look at stats, which Viking fans like to do with their quarterbacks. Was Kellen Mond's performance encouraging to you?
3: Yeah. And I wouldn't even really look at his stats. I would look at the team stats. Uh, more than I would uh, because they averaged over seven yards a play when he was on the field on, on Sunday. And you look back at Sean Mannion, like I mentioned, they averaged under uh, almost four yards a play when Mannion was on the field. And the main argument that I've heard from some people is that, Oh, this is like the the same thing as Kyle Sloter or the same thing as McLeod Bethel Thompson, where he gets to play against the third teamers and he just, he shines. Well, they put Sean Mannion back in, in the fourth quarter and he, uh, they gained 16 yards on six plays and they had to punt. So if it was so easy, then why couldn't Sean Mannion lead them to a touchdown drive? So that, that, uh, is a big difference to me. And I know what video you're talking about. Uh, side note to JT O'Sullivan coaches, the high school football team. That's like two blocks from me. So I know exactly <laughs> who he is. Um, uh, but yeah, I saw the video and I, I looked like I kept watching it over and over again. It, to me, it looks like it could have been Kellen Mond purposefully looked off uh, Amir Smith-Marset and then went to Dan Chisna uh, to throw the ball. And it, it might have been an instance where O'Connell was like, just make this throw. I don't care if he's not open or not, just make this throw. Because we, sto- we heard that story from Kirk Cousins a few weeks ago where Kevin O'Connell was like, no, I don't care if if your progression says this guy's open or this guy's open, make this throw because I want you to take this chance and make this throw. And also the route by Dan Chisna was not very good, which is not like surprising. Not a got, sock. got three passes in college, and he's a the ultimate gunner, but he can't tackle. So he's really, really uh not gonna make the team. Um, but yeah, I uh and then I was thinking I'm like we are getting like really deep into this. We're breaking down throw by throw. Like if we did that for every quarterback in the league, nobody would be good. Like there might be a few like Patrick Mahomes and, and Brady and all that stuff. But like if you go break it throw by throw by throw, like if you did a breakdown of Brett Favre's throw by throws, you a lot of people think he's like the worst quarterback ever to play. Um, but I liked what I saw from Kellen Mond just from a it looks like he's. Better than he was last year. He looks more comfortable. It looked like in the first half, I would say he had he had some jitters. I could I could see that. Comes out a little nervous. The scramble was nice. The throw was not on that one play where he scrambled, got away from all the pass rushers, and then he just overthrew the guy. But at the same time, this whole thing that people are arguing about, like oh, Kellen Mond's good, Kellen Mond isn't good. We're talking about the backup job. Like we're not we're not hoping he's. Taking over Kirk Cousins, he's still the developing quarterback. The point is, he's just a better option than than uh, Sean Mannion, and th- there's n- really no other better options out there. Like I did a article the other day on like seven other quarterbacks that you know could be options as backups for the Vikings. A lot of them are trades because there's no one available out there. You can sign Cam Newton? No, he's he's washed. You can sign Kyle Slaughter again? That's not going to happen. Like. AJ Uh, McCarron no like all these guys they're not going to be better than than Kellen Mond and it's not to say that Kellen Mond is so much better than these guys but he has upside and he can continue to develop under a coaching staff that is led by a former quarterback who's gonna put him in a better position to succeed than the last coaching staff so you know this this just like I got. I had a problem with people just discrediting what Mon was able to do yesterday. Why can't we just take what he did, understand that he's still developing? You could even consider this year his rookie year because of how, like, how much he had going against him last year with COVID and the coaching staff and all that. So, like, why? Let's put that this in a perspective instead of being like, oh, it was just it was against the third team, so it doesn't even matter. It's Like, no, he looks way better than he did last year. We'll see if he looks better next week and the week after but even if he gives you a five percent chance to win a game if he has to start next season that's still five percent more than sean Mannion. so that's my reaction
2: (laughs) i guess when i look at kellen mon i know a lot of people were freaking out because he didn't get the start on sunday and kind of to their point i would say look at practice look at what kellen mon's done because everything we heard was that Mond was throwing interceptions. He was making mistakes and everything else. But like you said, this is his rookie year basically. Cause he was ignored last year. And I know O'Sullivan said, well, when he misses throws like this, you know? Yeah. Mike Zimmer was probably like, yeah, I'm tired of this. I see him every day. He misses throws like that. But like you said, maybe, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like spring training. Maybe a quarterback is working on a certain throw or, trying to get the kinks out or whatever with Mond. Like, I just want to see progression. And I thought we saw it yesterday as the game went on. Now the counterpoint is that lower quality players went in as the game went on. But even like last year, Mond never looked comfortable. He was running around for his life and he didn't have the reps. He didn't have the preparation. He didn't have the encouragement, which Kevin O'Connell was very supportive. He's the first person over to tap him on the head. Once he threw the touchdown, I think that Kellen Mond showed enough good things, but I don't think you could trust him as your backup quarterback. That that being said, who are you going to get? Like it, it's it, it's just tricky because like I'm not comfortable with him as a number two. I'm not comfortable with Sean Mannion as a number two. Um, a lot of the options out there right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring in Cam Newton because uh, honestly, you say he's washed, which I think is true. I also think he's a locker room distraction. And everybody kind of thought it was overblown, but I I look at what happened in New England. Look at what happened at his first touchdown that he scored. He ripped off his helmet, screamed, (laughs) I'm back into the camera. Like, and drew a 15 yard penalty. Andrew Booth though. You gotta get on Andrew Booth's level with two 15 yard penalties on the same player, whatever it was. Um, like I, I just want to see improvement. And if he can go out against the 49ers this week in practice or turn around and, uh, you know, to have a good game against the 49ers. I'm going to feel a lot better about Mond's development. And maybe, you know, through the season, as it progresses, we see that progression that should have happened during his rookie year. So I liked it. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid when it comes to killing Mond, but it's better than what we had.
3: Yeah. And this is, this is the Vikings decision. We act like, like they had so many, they have so many options right now when they really don't. This is what the Vikings wanted. They didn't. They didn't bring in any, any other quarterbacks. Um, this is what they wanted. They wanted Kellen Mond and, and Sean Mannion to to fight for the backup job. That's what they're doing. And whoever wins will get it. Um, I did see what, what was Kevin Seifert who said like the Vikings are open to their backup quarterback not even being on on the roster. And of course that'll depend on guys probably getting cut. Um, and I don't know. Even even when that happens, who's who's going to be available? Like, that's not they're pr- you're not probably not cutting. Andy Dalton's probably not getting cut. Uh, you know, Nick Foles probably not getting cut. So like, still, there's not going to be very many good options for for the Vikings to pick up or pick if people get cut before the season. And then you have to make sure that that they know the offense because if you want them to be your number two in week one. You have to make sure they know the offense in case they have to play. So, you know, Kellen Mond's been in this system for now for uh, a bunch of months. Right now, he's he's the best option going in into week one. Maybe you can sign someone and, and have him also be in the room to kind of learn the offense. So in case later in the season you need someone, then you can have someone different to turn to. But right now, Kellen Mond, he's, he's got to be the guy that they go with in the week one, unless he's throwing like five interceptions against the Niners next week and they play they play the broncos and the and the preseason so i don't expect that to happen though but he just looks so much more aggressive too like i think some i read somewhere like nine of his 10 passes or whatever went for first downs um and you no know, his touchdown pass was was uh, decent it was like 20 25 yards uh, nice pass in the corner there too um and this the first one was like it was short but it was nice too he zipped it right in there um so like just it's just something that we see and some people's immediate reaction is just to be like not oh, third team doesn't even matter like why why is he even on the team then like it doesn't matter like he wouldn't be getting second team snaps in practice if it didn't matter so
4: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too
3: Well, let's shift our,
2: yeah, let's shift our attention to the backfield <laughs> to, to people who might actually play during the regular season. Uh, Dalvin yeah. Cook did not play for the Vikings in nope. the preseason opener. Alexander Madison did. He ran for eight yards on three carries and Ooh. then Ty Chandler and Kane Wongwoo balled out. Yeah. They combined for t- 90 yards on 12 carries. Chandler ripped off a couple of big runs. How are you feeling about the Vikings depth
3: at running back? Uh, they're keeping four running backs this year. That's for sure. Five, if um, you include CJ Ham. Correct. They're keeping four. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel good about their depth. I, I think we are like running back depth wasn't too much of a question because of Dalvin Cook and and Madison. I've seen some people say how Madison is ex- expendable now, and I think I've even written about like how other teams could trade for him, but I think. I don't even know if the Vikings want to do that because Madison, you know, he has his, his faults or his weaknesses or whatever, but he's still a solid running back. Um, and he can he can be a three-down running back if if Dalvin Cook goes down, where right now, Kene Wangwu Wu, Wong Wu, and uh, Ty Chandler, they feel more suited for a, you know, third-down running back role or, you know, change of, pace, change of pace back, that kind of role right now. They don't seem like every-down running backs. Um, they can get there, but not right now, but I do feel good about the Vikings depth right now. Uh, I think Ty Chandler showed a lot. He hits that hole real fast. Uh, and I think some of us even forgot that he like ran a four, three, cause that's, that's not really too common with running backs. I feel like at least for his size, he's kind of, he's kind of big and he runs a four, three. Um, and he would have had a kickoff return yesterday, if not for Daniel Carlson, God damn it. Um, always messing things up. Um, but no, I like the depth. I, uh, here's the thing. I would, I'd be surprised if the Vikings traded Alexander Madison, but I wouldn't be surprised either because there's always people are going to get hurt and teams need running backs. And if the Vikings are able to get like, like, what would you, what would be your min- the minimum return you would need for Alexander Madison? A fourth? Uh, yeah, well,
2: nobody's giving you a fourth. Saquon Barkley couldn't fetch a fourth. Like here, here's the thing about running back trades right now. Kareem Hunt asked for a trade from the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns You're said, like- "Yeah, <laughs> this isn't this isn't even worth the effort." That's a former NFL rushing champion. Yeah. Like yeah. Alexander Madison had a couple of good starts. So I mean, what are you going to get? You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: yeah. No, they're they're he's going to stick around, having four running backs solid running backs because we've seen this before we said we've seen Mike Boone in the in the preseason like tear it up and everyone's like oh he should be the backup and then he gets a chance to start and it's he can't Bay do anything game. yeah he can't Oof. do anything so like 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 we relate to Kellen Mond to Kyle Slaughter you can look and look at Ty Chandler and and Wangwu uh back to like Mike Boone or something like that so let's this is overreaction Monday of course
2: Like I said, like Alexander Madison, he's a solid backup. Like I Mm -hmm. I wrote an article at Zone Coverage and I said it was like the scene from Grown Ups where you got the two uh, supermodels and then you have the one chick in the Mm -hmm. bathing suit and the the swimming cap or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's Alexander Madison. And like having four running backs isn't a bad thing. You know, Dalvin Cook is going to get hurt at some point because Mm -hmm. that's what he's done his entire career. He will miss at least one, maybe two games. Now, yep. He's not as injury prone as he was at the beginning of his career, but yep. it, it's something to keep in the back of your mind. And here's a stat that I digged out, uh, kind of looking through some stats. The Rams had four backs go over a hundred carries over the past two seasons. So the Kevin O'Connell era, if you will, uh, that was uh, Henderson, Daryl Henderson. I wish I would have wrote first names on my list. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Sony, Michelle, Cam Akers, and Malcolm Brown. The Vikings had two players go over 100 carries in Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So let's play a game here. Who were the next two players on that list?
3: You mean before Dalvin Cook and, and Madison?
2: After. Yeah. So so you have Dalvin Cook, who had like 560 carries. Oh. He had Alexander Madison with 260. Who was the next player on the list? Uh, CJ Ham. It was not CJ Ham. You want to take another guess? Adam Thielen? It was not Adam Thielen. <laughs> I like that. That's a Kirk good Cousins? that's a good outside the box guess. No, it was Kirk Cousins who had what? 61 runs. He had then,
3: 61 runs.
2: Yeah. And then wow. guess who was the next player? Justin Jefferson. It was not Justin Jefferson. It is a running back.
3: Who else was there? Um Amir Abdullah.
2: Yeah, it was Amir Abdullah. 15 runs. Kirk Cousins at so, six. So at the oh, running back position alone, it was like five hundred, two hundred, fifty.
3: And did, then there's did, Kirk, where it was. Did Amir do? Like, did he play yesterday? I don't think he did.
2: Ah, I don't. I don't recall him. I don't think so. Really, that's not. That's nothing out of the ordinary, though. No. So, so, but you get the point I'm saying because Dalvin Cook, when he suffered his ankle injury after week two, he's like, I need to be explosive. Like, right. if I if I'm not explosive, I'm not an effective back the best way to do that is by mixing in backs. So like drafting Ty Chandler is a brilliant move. Kene Wongwu, uh, you know, he had a snap at receiver. Like, I think they're going to move yeah, him he... all over the formation. And then you yeah, have he... a guy like Madison who could be a bell cow and Dalvin cook who can, I mean, if they, use, I, I think the blueprint for Dalvin cook and some Vikings fans might throw up in their mouth. When I say this, look at what green Bay is doing with AJ Dillon and Aaron yeah. Jones this year. Yeah. Like, Aaron Jones does not get 400 carries in a season, but he is explosive and he's able to create big plays. Then you have AJ Dillon to finish up. I don't think Alexander Madison is as powerful as AJ Dillon and his vision is not anywhere near that. (laughs) Um, But he, he can carry the mail. So, I mean, I I think keeping four running backs is a good thing. I think it's a good idea and it's just not worth trading Alexander Madison. I I don't Mm -hmm. think you're going to get a backup quarterback or a
3: center not gonna get a Saw okay. that out there. Who's, who's yeah. giving you a center for Alexander? Nobody.
2: It's like when it's like when you want a cheeseburger from McDonald's and you find like a quarter and a penny in there. Like, is this enough to get it done? No, no, it's <laughs> it's not. I'm
3: I'm sorry. Inflation. And it looks like J.C. Treader probably not coming to to Minnesota because the Browns. Are, like he's not
2: going the anywhere
3: after. Browns are in need of. Oh, after his his recent tweets um after the please. rants about the bears playing service but the the raiders playing surface that was, was just, just that as bad was terrible yeah what what the heck man Didn't that stadium opened two years ago yeah i know well, i know i heard like it was overwatered or whatever but you you don't have like a backup sod <laughs> or whatever like you paid billions of dollars there. and you can't afford another field Come on. like they
2: said it was the soccer team and they like the turf i i can't remember the term like a wet. Used, but it, But I'm just thinking about like, who cares what the soccer team wants? This is the football stadium. Sorry to soccer fans out there. (laughs) That's that's,
3: that's the real football. Okay. Football. Uh,
2: Let's get back to regular football, Uh, American football. American, if you prefer that. (laughs) Um, Let's do some random shenanigans. And like, our shenanigans are cheeky and fun, not like their shenanigans. If I say shenanigans, nobody's going to get pistol whipped either. Favorite movie scenes of all time. Hey Farva, what's that bar you like with all the stuff <laughs> in on the wall? The appetite. Shenanigans? <laughs> We're not doing that here. Um, but I'll just ask you point blank. Who else caught your eye in Sunday's
3: game? Well, I liked Harrison Phillips. He was only out there for one series, but he I think he had three tackles, uh, and yeah. a sack. Um, and he looked good against the run. So, I mean, one series. I liked what I see so far from him. Seems like I think he led the the uh, pre-game um uh, chant or huddle or whatever. So he's got the he's getting the leadership thing down already. Got the uh, locker down. Mhm. On offense, I think I don't know if I don't remember if you you've picked him but Ed Ingram. He looks like he's ready to go already. Yeah. I I liked what I saw from Amir Smith Marset. Um he's, you know, He can make plays when he's got the ball in his hands, and he's a solid number four, and I wouldn't feel sad if he was the number three if someone got hurt ahead of him. So I liked liked what I saw from from those guys.
2: Um, Both of mine were on defense. I said Harrison Phillips a little bit. I loved how active he was because, like, under the old regime, the defensive tackles were basically guys told to stay in their lane so Mm -hmm. Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr could clean up. Like Harrison Phillips was active. He was in the backfield. He was stopping runs. He got off a block for a sack. I really liked what I saw from Harrison Phillips. And I'm excited to see like how he kind of builds off that moving forward. Uh, Guys that played for most of the game. Patrick Jones, the second uh everybody craps on that third round class which rightfully so because why davis did not look good good to see Chaz Surratt is alive though like i i is think he? ron is said he? his arms were but his torso yeah. is
3: yeah i don't know like he, he, he
2: can't tackle at all but it, like he's a real human i guess or they just you know somebody from section 224 here's a jersey you want to play in the game sure you yeah. played high school ball right yeah. um patrick jones the second though he had some get off from the edge. Mm-hmm. Like they are dying for situational pass rushers. And I think after a couple of years, he's kind of that guy that you can develop a little bit behind Neil Hunter mm-hmm. and Zadarius Smith might be a little bit of an overreaction, but I saw some good things there. And then Brian Osamoa, that guy mm-hmm he's smaller for a linebacker he's got the safety number but that dude was flying he had the big hit where i thought he was doing the stone cold steve austin Luthad's press you know where he goes like this and he starts like throwing punches (laughs) on the ground like that was a heck of a hit and it was clean too that's Mm -hmm. the key um what i liked about that pick when they made it is that he is a guy that can attack and if they're going to use him as kind of a linebacker you know, with him and Scene, mm-hmm. uh, Cam Bynum looked good. Mm-hmm. I, I seen didn't really do much, but I mean, he, I,
3: I, you could use him as a linebacker. You could use him in as a cover. But guy. he didn't do anything bad either. Like no, I've seen the, people like be like, yeah, well, we didn't see a whole lot of Scene, but I'm like, well, we didn't hear anything bad about him either. So that's never that, a bad thing either. That's a positive. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just so many things
2: that they can do on this defense, and right. I'm excited when Ed tell gets to week one and goes all right, boys, here's the bag of tricks. Let's go. Like there, there's a couple of good things that we're going to see.
3: Yeah. They didn't, they didn't show anything. They didn't show any blitzes or anything. They just lined up.
2: And I I liked what they did. That's the crazy part. I liked what they did with their scheme, especially on offense too, that drive that Mannion had, it was a lot of play action, which Kirk is one of the best play action quarterbacks in the league. So when you think about it that way And, and like, you know, it was funny. I got a text from my mom and she's just like, what did you think about the scheme? I'm like, I don't know. Things are going to look different when you have Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter in there. Mm-hmm. Same goes mm-hmm. for the offense with all the guys they were missing. So Jordan, Jordan um, Hicks looked
3: good, too. Yes, I really like Jordan
2: Hicks. That, yep. that was a good performance. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's be negative for a bit. <laughs> I, I'm kind of having withdrawals here throughout this episode. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr. getting two penalties on the same play. I was impressed but I was not happy about it. Um, what did you think of Andrew Booth in this game?
3: Uh, you could tell that he's a very passionate player. He just got a yeah. maybe he's got to tone things down a little bit because that seems to be the theme in practice as well. It's like he's been getting in a lot of guys' faces and he's really excited about playing football. And that's good. You want guys to be like that, but you know you also have to know when to do certain things and when not to. But I think the, um, the thing that, important to emphasize probably with him and some of the other guys is the the new uh not new but the the, the penalties that, that they were getting the, uh, mm-hmm. the illegal touching or whatever it's called uh is that what it's called contact legal contact legal contact yeah not legal touching that's something else um illegal contact like that happened what three or four times and I'm like oh this that's this year's penalty where like Point of last, clarification Yeah last year audience. last year was like Point of emphasis holding or something, or the year before it was roughing the pass, or uh, actually, I think last year was like pass interference. Um, so like every year, people get mad in the preseason, and then like for September, people get mad about these calls being made. Um, and then after that, it's usually back to normal because refs in the league's like, okay, guys, we, we did it, let's go back to normal. Um, but yeah, Andrew Booth Jr. He could have been a uh, Wyatt Davis. Um, still terrible. Uh, like
2: better PFF grade than Jesse Davis, though. Let's give him that. Let's let's give him a little. I mean,
3: he just let a guy through. Yeah, he, he did. Just, he was like, right this way. Here you <laughs> go. Here's his quarterback. I'm like, dude, what do you you barely play, and that's what you're doing? Um, yeah, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's that's all I can think of off the top of my head as far as guys that I was kind of disappointed in because there was, they played well for a preseason game in this scheme, like new scheme, new defense. Like I think I was more impressed and had more takeaways about what they did in, in terms of formations and stuff on defense and offense. Like that touchdown pass that Mon had his first one on the two yard line. They had five receivers on the two yard line. Like did, did Mike Zimmer's offense ever do that? no no because so they i was ran like it. yeah yeah i was like this is this is wonderful i haven't seen i don't think i've ever seen the vikings do this so i think i enjoyed that very much i was neutral about it like i i wasn't like i wasn't like i said i
2: wasn't hoping they wouldn't let o'connell on the plane i i wasn't right. you know super bowl i i just kind of eh, I, I didn't see any like the penalty sucked I think they had seven in the first yeah. half. They cleaned okay, it up yeah. for one yep. in the second. Um, you know, the offensive line, Jesse Davis. That kind of was just like, so this is the guy you're going with, huh? And then Ed Ingram went in and looked awesome. Austin like, no, you're not. <laughs> Austin yeah, looked yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a l- lot here, I mm-hmm. think. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as we get going, we got the 49ers scrimmage this week, and then they're going to play them on Saturday. I'm really interested to see who shows up in the 49ers scrimmage because this is, they're not going to rest starters in those because it's a practice. Right. Uh, you know, if a player kind of shows out, you kind of go, okay, this is against a different team, different tendencies, everything else. Good team too, Trey Lance. Cause went I'm a
3: championship. What's that? It's a good team too. They went to the NFC championship last year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, the good barometer. We'll just kind of see how it goes, I guess.
3: Yeah. Um, and I would hope, I know some people have been like, oh, Kirk Cousins should play on Saturday or whatever. I, I don't want him out there. I don't. We just no, we just ha- no. we're having this, we're having this discussion <clears throat> about, you know, Mannion can't win you a game and Mon can barely give you much of a chance. Let's not have that. Let's just keep Cur- Kirk Cousins on the sideline. He knows this offense pretty good already. We don't need to we don't need he doesn't need three plays to, to show us what he's got. Uh, you know, because look at the look at the Jets. Look at the Jets. They have a young quarterback. I know they want to get reps or whatever, but he's their guy. Zach Wilson's their guy. And now he might not be ready for the start of the season because they had to get him some reps in the preseason. I don't know why.
2: Yeah, I I feel like with all the talk about, well, we're very
3: fortunate Kirk has never missed a game. Uh,
2: Okay. Let's keep it that way. Let's stop that now. He missed a game, but never due to
3: injury. Are there any players that sat out this week that you would want to see? next weekend because i don't think there are they said i'll well, all, all like the well maybe some of the maybe sit more of the offensive line guys out because if you lose someone like brian o'neill or christian derisaw you're probably gonna be screwed too
2: sorry it was my uh weekly uh coughing episode in the oh moment. you were yeah. choking like sean Mannion. yes i i was choking like the vikings in the <laughs> nfc championship no game. too sorry. soon i sorry,
3: way too soon.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about, because I'm like, oh, don't cough on the mic, don't cough on the mic,
3: don't cough. Oh, just guys playing on Saturday. Oh, no, no, finish. no,
2: I don't want anybody, like, when you're going to play Justin Jefferson to nope. send a message, we're nope. going to, nope. like, let's that's, that's not do the Zimmer thing, where it's like, we have to get a preseason touchdown, Irv Smith Jr. March out there, oh, you're hurt. Mm, not not good.
3: Did I but, see that? Was was this weekend, was Sunday their first, I think it might have been Will Raggetts who tweeted that, the passing touchdown was their first since 2019. Sweet. Yeah. Like that's not good. I mean, it's pretty, but that's still not good. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't play anybody even maybe even sit Cameron Dantzler. Like it's, I think it's pretty clear. He's going to be the number two though. He
2: played late in the game. I'm wondering if Andrew Booth Jr. is ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah. I don't know.
3: I don't know. A lot of questions
2: to be answered.
3: But <laughs> yeah, there's still a month. There's still like a month before the season, so a lot, lot can change? We could play with round with Madden when it comes out tonight. Do you want to? you want try and guess who the five guys they're going to cut, or at least name someone that should be part of the five? Wyatt Davis, Chaz Surratt, uh
2: the backup punter. That's three.
3: Dan Chacena. The ultimate weapon. Yeah. I, what do you do? He gets. That? He gets to the. He gets to the returner. Doesn't tackle him. Does like not. Does just, not even slow he him. He just down. wants to be the first one to say hi. That's all. <laughs>
2: What's going on. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> ah,
3: I don't know, man.
2: Yeah, oh, Demarius like, Robinson. I, I bet think, you. Huh? I bet you three of the uh, four from the last you know, year's draft class. Yeah, I bet you last year's draft class three guys. Three guys will be cut. Yeah, so I think
3: Albert. I think. You think Albert Wilson hurt or helped himself with those two touchdown catches, or does it, did it really, does it matter?
2: I don't know. I think they like their guys that they have at receiver mm-hmm. right now. So, I mean, I don't think. But would I, you take I, him over BC Johnson? BC had a nice move in the corner though. That sluggo route was sick.
3: Yeah. but so, <laughs>
2: um, just trying to think what else, who, who else is that receiver? Tristan Jackson looked good. Yeah. He looked pretty good. You're not cutting Justin Jefferson. You're not cutting Adam Thielen. I don't think I'm going out on him there. KJ Osborne, not getting cut. mearsmith Smith Marset. The, the only thing I didn't like with him was that he bobbled everything. Like it was yeah. never like a clean catch. It was like, oh. Okay. Was
3: that his fault or was that
2: Manion's fault? Maybe a combination of both. <laughs> he no, had a good return. One pass, one mon pass hit him in the hands, and he just yeah. went, eh.
3: Well, but, he had a good return too to start the game, but I got negated by a hold. Very first play Talking. of the Kevin O'Connell era is a penalty. That's what I said. Welcome back to Vikings football, baby. We got a penalty <laughs> on the board. First play, but. just like CJ Ham last year. Great job. Great job.
2: But anyway, on that note, that's all the time we got for the Viking Age podcast today. We do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6 15 PM Central Time, right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. If you miss it, we got you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. However you listen, make sure you like, subscribe, give us a good review. We never want you to miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shad, Adam Patrick. We'll talk to you on Thursday night.